Ah, good morning. It is the Plank Show. Happy Monday, everybody. We keep checking off little milestones. Little milestones until the start of the 2022 college football season and the start of the Brent Venables era. We're right here. We're on site for another one of those little milestones that will get checked off today. If you've been to the coaches luncheon in years past presented by the citizens advisory board cab then you know this is in addition to big 12 media days any of the off-season checklist this would be a part of that the coaches luncheon so we'll get to hear from the head coach today from the coaches luncheon a bunch of the assistants as well should be a fun fun day and again this is kind of another one of those mornings that signals that football season's here football season is right here upon us it's about to get underway and for brent venables of course that means his tenure as the oklahoma head football coach is about ready to get underway so it'll be fun today from the coaches luncheon i am josh elmer good morning everybody hope you had a great weekend joined Right off the top, Connor Pasby is in the house. No Chris Plank. He's traveling back. If you were watching ESPNU last night, you probably know that Chris Plank was busy doing a little doing a little broadcasting for uh, the Alliance All-Star softball game that was on ESPNU last night. But we got Connor in the house with us. Connor, what's up, man? Good morning. What's up, Josh? Yeah, looks like it'll be just us. Uh, yeah, Plank had an interesting night last night with the Alliance softball game. Had a fight through the rain. I think Plank made it, though. There was a lot of pouring rain in Indiana. They had to stop the game, stop the softball game at times. But I think Plank made it, but he won't be with us today. So I'll be Josh Helmer and Connor Pasby here, and let's do this, Josh. Let's do this thing. You're right. Yeah, that was kind of funny watching on TV last night, and Plank makes a comment about the weather, and then all of a sudden it starts – absolutely pouring and they're in what was a very the the one delay was very abbreviated it's like all right well we're in a delay and then they sent it to one of those documentary pieces that uh they were airing on espnu and i don't know it must have been two minutes later they were right back to the contest but obviously he's traveling back to norman so he's not with us this morning and i know that he's upset about that because the coaches luncheon is one of his favorite events on the calendar year so connor if you had a chance to ask coach venables a question this morning this afternoon what's one or two of the first things that would come to mind for you um i would probably ask uh, what's some points on defense that needs to be better this season from what he saw last season i mean i guess he didn't get to see a lot of oklahoma throughout the season but he did see in the alamo bowl so I think it's heavy on defense. What he needs to, what are some things that Oklahoma needs to do better defensively? And one of those things that I made a point about, I think a few weeks ago, was third down stops. That's a big one that drew Oklahoma. That gave Oklahoma problems last year, not being able to get off the field. And another one's wrapping up, Josh. We saw a lot of that last year. Oklahoma having a hard time wrapping up guys and just giving up too many first downs. 
Yeah, you're giving Oklahoma fans a little bit of PTSD. I'm sorry. Yes, about. I'm sorry about that. Those those are the things that Oklahoma definitely needs to be better on, and Brent Venables knows that. Well, and look, ability to make tackles in space, always going to be a hallmark of a great defensive team. In what you mentioned, third down percentage defense, that's that's going to be one of the deciding factors naturally every single year on whether or not you're a great defense or you're just an okay defense. You look at some of the top defensive defenses nationally, I'm looking at third down percentage defense from last season right here. Oklahoma State, historic defense for the Cowboys, right? Where did they rank nationally in third down conversion defense? Number four, Wisconsin, really, really good defensively. Where did they rank? Number three on that list. No surprise, Alabama right toward the top of that list as well. They were seventh nationally. Actually, uh, one of the surprises here is that Georgia's not ranked as high as maybe I would have expected that they would be on the third down conversion percentage of defense. They're all the way back at 33, which, you know, not horrible, but for a defense in Georgia that kind of we thought was the nation's best, that's surprising to see them a little bit down the way. Oklahoma, where were they at in third down conversion defense? Kind of what you were saying, Connor, 56th nationally. They let opponents convert 38% of the time. So what do the national leaders look like? Well, Houston was tops nationally, surrendering third downs on 25.7% of their opponent's chances. And probably the better numbers to look at are Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, Alabama, Power 5 teams. 28.7% of the time, Wisconsin surrendered third down conversions. Oklahoma State, 28.8%. Alabama, 29.8%. And again, you compare that against Oklahoma, it's about a 10% gap between those teams that were setting the pace nationally and where Oklahoma was at. So I'm with you. That will be a big determining factor in how good or bad Oklahoma is defensively. And, I, you know, I don't know what the right way to ask this question would be to Brent Venables today. Maybe it's just simply, when will you know defensively, Coach, that this group is on the right track? We yeah, will, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't blame you. Yeah, that's a good question, and we may see that. I would probably think in Nebraska game matters how Oklahoma does defensively, and then Brent Venables can get a better idea of saying, hey, this is where we're at defensively, and this is where we need to get better at down the road. And you know what, Connor? Brent Venables might come back with that question today and say, well, I've already seen that we're on the right track defensively. So that's why something tangible. What tangible results can you see, do you need to see in 2022 to show you that you've got your fingerprints on this defense and it's heading in the right direction that Oklahoma fans want to see this thing go? Because that has been the bugaboo for Oklahoma fans, for this Oklahoma program. Not that there haven't been some good defensive moments. There have right over the last half decade last decade the the last big 12 championship yeah the big 12 championship i was going to say probably the last legit defense that ou put on the field was 
2013 when the offense wasn't great with Trevor Knight and Blake Bell. They kind of had a QB controversy. We didn't really know who was the signal caller throughout the year was. But, I mean, you could probably say that 2013 team had was really good defensively, and they saved a lot of games for OU in 2013, especially in Bedlam, that late finale against against Oklahoma State. Yeah, what a great game that one was. Three different quarterbacks played for Oklahoma in that Bedlam game. And, of course, Blake Bell, the uh, final one who tosses the game-winning touchdown pass to shock Oklahoma State on that particular day. Think about what you're saying, though. If you're saying 2013 was one of the last really good defenses for Oklahoma, and I want to say 2015 led the Big 12 in scoring defense, so, okay, yeah, you know, maybe you could be more recent. Yeah, 2015. Okay, it's gotten to my attention now. I mean, 2015, uh, yeah, they had a solid, I thought they had a solid defense, a really good secondary. Zach, or Zach Sanchez got picked on a little bit, but he was still a good corner for, for OU. So, yeah, 2015 was a pretty solid defense, too. Zach Sanchez was the definition of opportunistic. Boom or bust. He would give up big plays, no doubt. But hey, he would pick, he, he would pick he would pick off a ball the next play. He was he was a little he was a little hit or miss. Yes. He had a lot of that I'm either giving up a big play or I'm about to go make a big play. Boom or bust. And he had an affinity for making plays at the right moments when Oklahoma absolutely needed them. So that two thousand fifteen defense look, is it was it where Oklahoma fans want this thing to ultimately wind up? No. No, they, they want it to be that defense and then some. But, you know, that probably over the last seven, eight years, that would be the one defense you would look at and say, okay, well, that, that 2015 defense, not all that bad. But let's go with what you said, Connor. Let's take it all the way back to 2013. I mean, you're basically, I mean, that's a, you're saying a decade ago for Oklahoma defensively. And again, there's been nice moments along the way. The win at Ohio State really comes to mind where Oklahoma shut the Buckeyes down in that game, especially in that second half to be able to pull away. That was a big-time defensive performance for Oklahoma. We've seen some nice individual players defensively. Eric Stryker, Obo Okronkwo, those two obviously come to mind. Though last year it didn't materialize really in the way that Oklahoma fans would have liked, you had some nice individual talent on that defense. You're not going to be able to sit here and tell me that Perrion Winfrey and Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas, all three of them aren't nice players defensively for Oklahoma. But, hey, when will you know that this group has taken that leap forward that it's about ready to start turning a corner toward what we've seen over the last decade for Brent Venable's coach defenses at Clemson. You pointed to the Nebraska game. That obviously will be a very telling moment early. I don't know that just beyond it being a road game in Lincoln and the first first true road test in the Brent Venable's era, beyond that, unless Nebraska is much better than I'm expecting, and I understand it. Nebraska 3-9 and nine a season ago, but, oh, they lost eight one-score games. I mean, Nebraska was right there in every game. 
Nebraska was a three and nine football team. Yeah, and twenty twenty one. So until they start winning games, Connor, you know, look, I get it. It's on the road. It's Nebraska. It's Lincoln. There's the historic rivalry with Oklahoma. There, it's going to be charged up at Nebraska, but you ought to go win that game. I mean, to me, the first big, big test on the schedule. I mean, it is that Nebraska game, but I almost look at Kansas State and Norman as being more difficult of a test. Texas, obviously, at the Cotton Bowl is always going to be a big, big test. So probably that Nebraska game, it'll give us a good indication of Oklahoma defensively. And Casey Thompson, oh, by the way, threw five touchdown passes with Texas against Oklahoma last season. So if you can... Not let him throw five touchdown passes would be a step in the right direction. But I think for me, I'm kind of earmarking that Texas game as, okay, what is Oklahoma going to do against the Longhorns defensively? Yeah, the more more I think about it, Nebraska doesn't really give you offensive fireworks to look out for. And then after that, Kansas State, TCU, you may see some – you may have some problems when you're facing the offense of Kansas State and TCU, but the main one is Texas. Texas after, so you got Nebraska, Kansas State, TCU, and that Texas game. That heck, that could be the main, the first challenge for Oklahoma's defense. Kansas State, you're talking about Deuce Vaughn there, which he can give anybody nationally some massive fits. TCU, we'll see about the quarterback situation. Is it going to be Duggan again? Do they go with Chandler Morris? We'll see there. But one thing we know for certain with TCU, Quentin Johnston is a first-team All-Big 12 wide receiver for a reason. He he will be difficult for the Oklahoma secondary to tangle with, and he was a season ago. So that could be a nice glimpse into how how much further along Oklahoma is, particularly in the defensive backfield where – Oh, by the way, I want to say OU was 109th nationally in passing defense a season ago, so that was an area that OU really, really struggled. And you'll get that early indication versus TCU whether or not Oklahoma, at least versus Quinton Johnston, has turned a little bit of a corner defensively. But, again, I just kind of think everybody points to that Texas game. What other questions would you have for Brent Venables offensively? I mean, I'm curious how the offensive line is coming together. I don't know that we'll have a ton of answers on that yet until we get into fall camp. So, you know, McCade Mataller, what type of addition has he been in terms of transfers for Oklahoma? The guys that were already here, you know you have Chris Murray back, so you've got experience there. Anton Harrison, is he ready to morph himself into a star? How do they feel about that offensive line group? I think that's probably that's one of the biggest question marks, if not the biggest question mark for Oklahoma offensively. Running back, we can talk about that next. You know, I, I think back to a year ago how Oklahoma fans were concerned about running back, Connor. Do you remember what the conversation was about running back a year ago? I do not, but it was it wasn't very good because we didn't. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma didn't really have a main like ball carrier to really give it to. You know, fifteen, twenty, twenty plus times a game. Eric Gray was good for OU, but it feels like this year they got 
more weapons back there. Eric Gray and, man, Javante Barnes, Josh, he's going to be really – he may be the next big thing for Oklahoma. He's really good freshman, five-star freshman. So we are counting down, Connor, hanging out at Life Church right here in Norman, presented by the Citizens Advisory Board. It's the annual coaches' luncheon. We are anxiously awaiting the Sooner coaches to come swinging by here at the coaches' luncheon. We've got that to look forward to this morning from right here at Life Church. But the running backs, as you discussed right there, I've got a little bit different opinion than maybe I did going into last season. Let's discuss that next. Just a little tease here for you. I'm more worried about running back going into this season than I was going into last season, and it seemed like a lot of people were pretty concerned going into 2021. So let's debate. Let's discuss. Next right here, it's the Plank Show just underway right here on the ref, the home of Sooner fans. Want to hear from all of you fine folks this morning, so you got something you want to sound off on. Phone lines, they're open. Riverwind Casino jackpot line 405-329-9000. Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll hit some of your responses all morning long. 405-651-3439. Josh and Connor opening T.O. Back after this. Josh Helmer, Connor Passby back with you. We call it the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. This is the home of Sooner fans hanging out this morning. Annual coaches luncheon. Sooner coaches will be whining and dining with the Sooner public here in a little bit for obviously a bunch of great causes, as always. So it'll be terrific to hear from the Sooner coaches today. Again, this is one of those staple events, hallmark event, that football is right around the corner. Teased it before the break. I'm more concerned about running back for Oklahoma going into 2022 than I was going into 2021. So much of the conversation last year, if you think back and recall, was, ah, I mean, Kennedy Brooks, is he is he rusty? Is he going to be okay? He, he opted out. He took that COVID year and he opted out. Can he get back to being that 1,000-yard rusher that he's been twice for Oklahoma? And, I mean, come on. How much of Kennedy Brooks' two 1,000-yard seasons, how much of those were actually due to the offensive lines that were blocking in front of him? Remember that? Remember that? I do, yeah. There's a lot of that discussion out there. Well, yeah, he proved proved everyone wrong last year. And, man, how many of those yards were yards after contact, too? So, man, yeah, Kennedy Kennedy Brooks was huge last year. And I guess that's why you can say you're a little optimistic for – this year's running back group see i was not as down on oklahoma's running backs going into last season you added eric gray as a transfer from tennessee who had done some really nice things at tennessee and we saw a little bit of a glimpse of that in the 2021 spring game where remember he made that one cut caught it and got into the end zone and you thought okay wow this is, this is going to be really nice what they've got here in Eric Gray. And not that Eric Gray was bad in 2021, but with the way the first couple of games of the season played out, Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks, they're totally splitting reps. And then after that West Virginia game on, it was 
entirely Kennedy Brooks' job, which it should have been. He earned the right for it to be his job, and Oklahoma was fine at running back with Kennedy Brooks in 2021. That being said, Eric Gray, if you had to if you had to letter grade Eric Gray's 2021 season, what what letter grade would you give it, Connor? I would probably give it a B. I just thought I thought they could have used Eric Gray in different ways, not in between the tackles, which we could tell that that didn't fit him right running in between the tackles. He's more of an outside runner. He's a guy that you should get going in the passing game, but we just didn't really see him get used right last year, in my opinion. So I'd probably, I would probably give it a B. And that, you know, that's that's probably where quite a few people would have it. I'm going to give it a C, grade of average. And that's not to say that Eric Gray can't be Oklahoma's leading rusher in 2022, that he can't be everything that we thought that he was maybe going to be coming over from Tennessee. I'm just saying that. I need to see that production in 2022 before I'm super confident in what he and Marcus Major and what Walker, just the entirety of that running back core. I feel like it's, to me, more unknown than it was going into last season, now going into this season. I felt good with Kennedy Brooks last year. The fact that he had twice been a 1,000-yard rusher, and oh, by the way, you've got Eric Gray. Sure, there were some depth concerns after that, but that one-two at the top I felt really, really good about. Well, and then, I, I yeah. need to see. Or, yeah, go, go I ahead, need to see Connor that I need to see Connor that Eric Gray can be that number one guy, that Marcus Major can be that number one guy. I know they added the running back, too, from UCF who – Kentavious was a 1,000-yard rusher in his own right over there at UCF. I mean, he might end up factoring in way more than anybody around here maybe thinks going in, and that could be one of the biggest biggest off-season ads for Oklahoma. I just I don't know that there's star power yet in Oklahoma's backfield unless it comes from one of the youngsters in Javante Barnes, in Gavin Sawchuk. Well, yeah, that's that's about that's what we're about to find out. Who's going to take the next big step at running back for OU? It could be Eric Gray. Jeff Levy's offense consists of getting the running backs in the passing game, which fits Eric Gray perfectly. And we got to see if Marcus Major can find ways to get on the field. We've seen uh, what two years at Oklahoma where he's dealt dealt with some problems, not being able to get on the field and get reps. So maybe it could be a big year for. Uh, for Marcus Major, but Javante Barnes, the freshman. So we'll see if he can make an immediate impact for OU. Part of it, as you pointed out, Connor, not totally, I don't think, Eric Gray's fault in 2021. And look, he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. So it's not as though he carried an average 2.3 yards per rush. He carried 78 times for 412 yards Scored a couple of rushing touchdowns, had 23 grabs for 229 receiving yards, and had a pair of receiving touchdowns as well. I guess, for me, I just was expecting a little bit more explosion from Eric Gray, particularly in the catch-and-run game. And you know what? Again, as you pointed out, part of that schematically 
I think Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma could have done a better job getting Eric Gray in situations to where he could be successful. And maybe we see Jeff Levy do a better job of that in 2022. And some of what I've said here looks kind of silly in seven, eight months. If if Eric Gray emerges as Oklahoma's number one running back and he's, you know, careful with this type of comparison, but follow me on what I'm saying here. If he's B. John-esque, if he's Deuce Vaughn-esque, where he's both dangerous, rushing, and catching the football out of the backfield, not that he's those guys, but that we see more of that dual dimension of Eric Gray in 2022, okay, well then maybe I'll be dead wrong on, on this deal. I just have a feeling that maybe neither Eric Gray or Marcus Major is going to wind up as Oklahoma's leading rusher in 2022, that maybe a Javante Barnes can step in and be that guy. Maybe your transfer from UCF can step in and be that guy. And if that's the case, then I I do have to question a little bit how set up is Oklahoma at the running back position, at least to start 2022. So cycling all the way back to where we started this morning, Connor, that would be one of my big questions for the offense. How do you feel about the running back room? How good is it? Is there star power there? Who is who who represents that star power for you? Well, what do you think we would hear? Well, the 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 UCF transfer. I mean, Josh, have you heard much about him? Because, for my knowledge, I didn't really see much of him in the spring game. Spring game, correct? No, I I, I think he showed up. I. I think he transferred after the spring game. Okay, that's what I thought. I think he was uh, a June addition. So I mean, Contagious yeah, that was Thompson. That, yeah, Thompson. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, that'd be a heck of a question to ask Brent Venables. I haven't seen that really brought up. So yeah, see if he can make a impact for Oklahoma right away with Eric Gray and Javante Barnes. Which I love, Josh. I love the Tawi Walker kid. What I saw from him in the spring game. He's kind of like a bowling ball type of running back. He's very similar built to what we saw with Samaj P. Ryan. You think that Tawi Walker can be a surprise for Oklahoma in the backfield? I really do. What? Yeah, what I saw in the spring game. He runs hard. He's able to shed off blockers and break tackles. I mean, he looks good. He's a big physical kid. I believe they had him listed at 235, 240. Juco kid loves to grind it out. So, man, I would love to see Tully Walker make yeah make an impact. It would be an awesome story, too, wouldn't it, for Tully Walker? Yeah, because I mean, he wasn't on really anyone's recruiting, recruiting for Oklahoma, no one to really watch out for in Oklahoma's recruiting during that year. He was kind of like a surprise. I think he was a little late addition to OU after OU already got loaded up with Javante Barnes. So I think I think it would be awesome to see him. We've got a set of Big Ten media preseason polls that have been released. Well, if you look at it, plural, Big Ten West, Big Ten East, we've got that we can share with you this morning. Want to keep talking sooner, though. We're hanging out. It is the annual OU Football Coaches Luncheon from right here at Life Church in Norman, presented by the Citizens Advisory Board. Josh Helmer, Connor Pasby, going to hit some of your text messages next. I'm sure a lot of you out there have thoughts on 
Oklahoma's running back situation going into 2022. What, what are you folks excited about with this football team? What is the number one cause for optimism for OU from a player standpoint? Don't, don't come back to us with, ah, Brent Venables, I, I got you. The, the culture, Brent Venables, everyone's excited about it. But from a player personnel standpoint, what are you optimistic about? And then what are you, like me, kind of waiting to see a little bit more of? We've shared some of our thoughts on that in this first half hour. Want to hear from you. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Josh and Connor back with you right after this. Back with you. Hope everybody's having a nice start to the week. Hope you had a nice weekend. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Hanging out, counting down to the annual OU Football Coaches Luncheon, presented here by the Citizens Advisory Board, CAB. A bunch of other great sponsors as well. Try and get a full list I can share with you before we call it a day. Obviously, we got plenty of time Left plenty of shenanigans here on the Plank Show with all of you fine folks. Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby hanging out with you. Let's go ahead and hear from the people for the first time this morning. The Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Keep the text coming. We're off to a hot start on the text line. Love that. Big Bad Wolf says, Josh and Connor, we couldn't stop the other team on third down, even if they were drunk. I like it, well, Big Bad Wolf. I like it. Hey, he's not wrong, Josh. Big Bad Wolf, I'm seeing your prediction here from a little bit earlier this morning. You heard it here. First, Nebraska upsets Oklahoma. I've got an eerie feeling. I don't like that. I don't like that prediction at all. I think that would be... A bad sign for Oklahoma. And I've talked about that in the past, Connor, that as much as, you know, I kind of kind of turned it down earlier when you said, you know, that Nebraska game defensively, that's going to be a nice little telltale sign early for where Oklahoma's at defensively. Okay, we can kick that around. We can say yes, no. Maybe it's so defensively for Oklahoma, the importance of that game versus Nebraska. I tend to think that, you know, Deuce Vaughn in Kansas State, Quentin Johnson, TCU, Texas, how those games play out defensively, probably bigger telltale signs for OU. But I will tell you this, for Oklahoma as a whole, just how the 2022 season will play out, man, I think that Nebraska game is massive. It's the first true road test for the Sooners in the Brent Venables era. Casey Thompson, he's got Cornhusker fans thinking that they've got finally a really good quarterback under center for them. Somebody that can sling it around. Somebody that, oh, by the way, again, threw five touchdown passes versus OU last season. Now, little do Nebraska fans know that there was plenty of average to below average last season with Casey Thompson as well. But I can entertain the excitement to some degree for Nebraska fans, what what they're hoping Casey Thompson can be and what they you know didn't really have for a long time with Adrian Martinez. We know they're desperate. We know that Scott Frost and Nebraska, they have got to, got to, Connor, have a great 2022 season. Otherwise, it's, hey, why don't you go ahead and clean up your locker, 
Go ahead and pack your bag, Scott, and it's been real. We love that you're a legacy Cornhusker here, but, yeah, this thing just didn't really play out like it did for you at Central Florida. It's time for us to officially cut ties here and go a different direction. We he's, know. He's got – This yeah, is Frost, massive. Frost has a lot of pressure on him. And, well, Josh, the only reason why I'm calling it the first test for Oklahoma is Casey Thompson. You mentioned the five touchdowns we saw in the Red River last year. So, yeah, that's why I'm calling it a first test for OU because we know that Casey Thompson can give OU defense problems, what we saw from last year. He did. He gave that secondary problems, particularly and especially so in that first half. Defensively, OU wound up being pretty good in the second half of that Texas game. I mean, they really pressured uh, Casey Thompson and got in there and allowed Caleb Williams and Marvin Mims and Kennedy Brooks to go win that game and rally back in the second half based on what they did defensively. But, man, having said that, how good they were in the second half of the Red River shootout, it was the complete opposite in the first half. They got lit up, and Casey Thompson was uh, the chief engineer doing that. So that Nebraska game, hey, with Casey Thompson, yes. With Omar Manning, he's a nice little wide receiver that the Cornhuskers have and will be counting upon. I don't even really look at it necessarily from the offensive standpoint for Nebraska. It's just the entirety of what that game represents for OU. The desperation, right, for the Cornhuskers in that game. The necessity for Scott Frost, for everybody associated with Nebraska football, what that win over Oklahoma would mean. The fact that it's at home. The historic nature of that rivalry between Oklahoma and Nebraska yeah, of, of course it's going to be a tough road, road test for Oklahoma on paper. So if you can go up there and you can handle business and go play well and win that football game, that's going to be compass pointing in the right direction for OU. I expect OU to go into Lincoln, Nebraska, and win that game by multiple scores when it's all said and done. I just still wholeheartedly believe there's that big of a difference between where Nebraska wants to get to and where Oklahoma has been at. So, again, I'd like OU to go up there and win that game by multiple scores, but I can see the scenario where, as Big Bad Wolf is predicting here, he's got that eerie feeling things go wrong, and Nebraska upsets Oklahoma up in up in Lincoln. If that happens, I think it opens the door where, all of a sudden, Connor, you kind of just start looking at the entirety of Oklahoma's 2022 football schedule and I can find all sorts of losses. If you're telling me that OU's not able to go win in Lincoln, Nebraska, and to beat the Cornhuskers, well, then guess what? I'm immediately concerned the following week versus Deuce Vaughn in Kansas State. All of a sudden, a road trip to TCU sounds losable. The Cotton Bowl, we always know. Texas, good, bad, whatever Texas is. Probably you're, you're going to get tested to some degree in the Cotton Bowl. So always you expect that rivalry game to be difficult. Iowa State and Ames, I personally think Iowa State's going to totally stink in 2022. I have been loud and proud about that belief that Iowa State's taken a big-time step backwards where others have been much more positive on everything that Iowa State is replacing. But, look, if you're telling me that OU's all of a sudden lost in Lincoln to the Cornhuskers, okay, now, all of a sudden, I'm way more concerned about that trip to Ames, Iowa, Baylor. 
at home, at West Virginia, Oklahoma State. I mean, every game on the schedule, if you tell me OU loses to Nebraska, now all of a sudden I'm a little little worried about Connor. Well, we talked, man, we talked so many times how big that game is against Nebraska because you mentioned the three-game stretch after that, Kansas State, TCU, and Texas. So, man, it's big, that game in Lincoln against Nebraska because after that Texas game, Josh, the road gets really easy for OU. I mean, Baylor and Oklahoma State are both at home. So, man, yeah, that game in Lincoln is really big. We expect Oklahoma to win by two scores, but what we saw last year, it looked like Oklahoma's going to, like, roll through Nebraska, and Nebraska kept chipping away and kept making it a good game through fourth quarters. So we'll see. We expect a two-score OU to win by two or three scores, but, man, we'll see if Nebraska can keep it close. Just get out of there with a win. Ultimately. Find a way. It's week two. It's week two. Find a way. First road game, anything that is an Oklahoma W there, you'll take. You'll take it. Even though I don't think any of us are under this illusion that Nebraska's about to go win the Big Ten West and finally Scott Frost and company break through and they're a 10-win football team or anything of the like. But, hey, it's early. It's the first road game under Brent Venables. So any type of W, I will – reverse the thoughts that we had from a season ago where he just started 9-0. and Yeah, they're 9-0, and but, I mean, come on. Have they looked good yet? I don't care if they look good just in please, Lincoln, Nebraska. Just please do not make it look like OU Tulane week one. Of it, just do not make it look like that. Trading scores, 40-plus hey, points, I'll please accept, not. I'll even accept week one Tulane. Just give me a win in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'd prefer that defensively it's a little cleaner than that. But uh, I do not I do not want I do not want an onside recovery to win the game. I do not want that, Josh. Ah, there might be drama, and you will like it, Connor. You will like it for the Oklahoma Sooners and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We're due a final timeout of hour number one. Still just getting going this morning. I got a bunch of text messages from you we haven't hit yet. We'll try and play catch up on the text line before we end hour one. It's the plank show. Josh and Connor back with you right after this. Plank Show right here on the ref. It's the home of Sooner fans, Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Connor, how was your weekend, man? Did you have a good weekend? I did. It was uh, pretty laid back. Played a little golf. Yeah? Man, it's just so freaking hot, Josh. I can't. Usually I try to play golf maybe two times a week, Saturday and Sunday, but I can't play golf in this heat. Yeah, it is. criminally hot that is certainly true i heard t-row given the weather forecast this morning high of 105 today and a couple of days and then all of a sudden we've got actually a day where the high will be in the high 80s so hey believe it believe it or not we are getting some rain next week which we really need man that's gonna feel so good yeah yeah i I was joking (laughs) you know last week whatever day it was where it was, I don't know, 95, 96, whatever it was. It's like it felt cool at 95, 96 degrees. It's been so hot that 95 degrees is like, ah, man, this feels pretty nice outside today. This is comfortable. Yeah, this is, man, this is a nice, yeah, nice breeze of 95-degree weather. Man, we're, look at us being blessed for 95 degrees. Oh, man, I am ready for fall. I'm ready for football, and I'm ready for that weather. Okay, enough uh, messing around here. Let's get back to talking sports with you, 
Air Comfort Solutions text line. Our man Travis Davidson chiming in. Love hearing from Travis, who's doing great work, by the way, in the afternoon and with Parker and everybody. Uh, love listening to those guys together. 405-651-3439. A, a good point from Travis. Nick Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe before starting the greatest dynasty in college football history. A Nebraska loss wouldn't be nearly as bad. Still confident we win by double digits. Yeah, and look, that's that's where I'm at with it, too. I think Oklahoma goes in to Nebraska and wins by multiple scores, and probably it's close for a little while, maybe into halftime, early third quarter, and then Oklahoma being the program that Oklahoma has been, which say what you want to say about winning the Big 12 as many times as Oklahoma has won the Big 12 conference and not went and won the big big shebang. Oklahoma is a program that they know how to win, right? They win football games. Even last year, as frustrating as it was being 9-0 and and all the different problems that Oklahoma had going on, at the end of the day, Oklahoma was 9-0, and and last season Oklahoma finished 11-2. and So as many problems as OU had a year ago, man, it's a heck of a lot different being 11-2 and versus 3-9 and Nebraska. So with that in mind, again, I'm confident that, yes, OU goes in there and wins by multiple score- scores, Connor. And if they don't, it's a good point what Travis is saying there that, hey, oh, by the way, Nick Saban lost to a worse team than that Nebraska team will be, and wound up creating the greatest dynasty hey, what in college if, Josh, what, what if we what if we win the game ten to three in Lincoln? <laughs> throwing it back, it throwing on. it back sure. to the good old days, the OU Nebraska rivalries of the low scoring single digit games. I am all for it. Hey, that's it for our number one. We'll continue the discussion on Oklahoma football, talking anything you want to dive into. Plank show on a Monday. Back with you. Hour two next.